But I'm going to take this opportunity to retire from the game of basketball. No, come on. No. No, I'm going to retire right now, and that's all there is to it. I'm, I'm going to go out on top undefeated and untied. That's the way it's going to be. You go on ahead and celebrate with your teammates. And... No, come and help us, man. Celebrate no, I, with I, I'd like to, but I have to ice down my knees right away. Okay. Thanks, Tony. So. All right. Goodbye, man. All right. Thank you. It's time for another edition of the Publics and Privates OK Preps Podcast, presented by Scordal. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Johnson and Michael Swisher. All right, it's with sad news. I regret to inform everyone that high school basketball has come to an end for another season, but it will come back. I can make that promise. Uh, welcome into another edition of the Publics and Privates OK Preps Podcast, presented by Scordal. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Michael Swisher. Michael, how are you this week? Well, this is, uh, I survived. This is this is my dead week. Um, I know colleges have those, but uh, <laughs> the weekend after the large school state tournaments, uh, that Sunday, I'm worthless, not because of the time change, um, but just because of the time spent at State Fair Arena, and it takes me uh, a good week to recover from that, But 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 I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, I mean it's it's a long grind. I mean you you get all amped up for two o'clock on Thursday, and all the games are starting, and Saturday evening looks a long ways away. Then it goes by in a flash, and then you're really tired, and you kind of wonder what happened at the end of it. Yeah, um, I don't know if it always goes by in a flash when I'm sitting there at game five of eight on Friday, and <laughs> yeah, that's true. My uh, eyes are crossing, um, but now, yeah, it does it. I've said it a hundred times. I, I love it. It's my favorite time of the year. It's my favorite stretch, but I'm also really, really glad when it's over. Yeah. And basketball, that unique sport where it's, you know, you get a double dose over two weekends, you know, especially at state fair arena. Um, it's kind of the same way in football, although football is one day. I mean, it's, you gather on a Friday night and it's over. Whereas basketball, it's a, it's a three day March to see who's going to end up winning titles. So, that's kind of unique within itself. Um, you know, I know baseball and softball are kind of like that, but there's there's something about the high school basketball feel that really gets everyone all amped up in the state. And, you know, I'll admit that I'm more of a football guy than I am basketball these days, but, you know, I always have fun going out to the gyms and seeing great talent, especially when it comes to, you know, the guys like the Boone Twins and Memorial. And, you know, we'll get into each individual tournament here in just a little bit, but, um, just kind of your overall prevailing thought coming out of the weekend. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, usually this time of year, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not trying to pub the podcast here, but usually this, this week we're, we're, we're knee deep in the old public private debate because, you know, privates have usually made a really big imprint on the state basketball tournaments. Um, it was really big last year. Um, this year, not so much, and that was because uh, a couple of you know public school teams prevailed over the private school team. So, um, you know, no matter where you stand on on that side of the issue, um, you know, it uh, there was there was a fair balance this week, and, and you know, it's just kind of nice this year not to have to. Uh, and I'm not saying that, you know, people don't have a reason to complain, do or don't, but I'm just saying it's nice to not be sitting here today with uh, everybody up in arms about what are we going to do about these private schools. Well, and we'll have plenty of time over the summer to kind of stoke those fires anyways. So that's yeah. that's what we'll spend the next 
two or three months on is just getting everyone all riled up and then let everyone take their aggression out on the football practice fields come August. Heck um, yeah, man. Can't wait. And you were talking about, you know, plugging the podcast and everything, you know, we're still going to be doing shows throughout the spring. You know, the numbers were off the charts for our last two weeks. Um, we can credit Thank that. you, everybody. Yep, credit that a lot to basketball. Obviously, huge, huge fanatics of basketball from state line to state line. Also, big thanks to Jacob Unruh for joining us last week, making picks. Um, Jacob and I were together, you know, here in Tulsa, taking care of the 5A, 6A tournament. Um, I just helped along the way. You know, he's the one that really shoulders the load. You know, him... Barry Lewis and Mike Brown, they're the ones here in Tulsa that are there from wire to wire. Um, you know, I, I'll admit that I'll I duck out and um, I'll miss a couple games so I can come home and spend some time at home. Um, but, you know, circling back to the podcast, we'll be here all spring, all summer. Um, if you like baseball, so we'll try and do a lot of baseball, soccer, golf. I'm looking forward to the track season already looking forward to state track because got a big one coming here to Catoosa in May. Um, tried to talk you into joining me. Doesn't sound like you're going to, so appreciate that. And, um, yeah. yeah, I'm here for you. Yeah, I know. I always appreciate it. And then come summertime, we'll be breaking down football again. Guys will be busting out the pads and we'll be talking about which juniors from last year are going to be seniors to watch and all that. But, you know, before we do that, um, we're going to talk a little, we're going to recap the weekend that was, um, since you had three state tournaments, well, three classes, so you essentially had six state tournaments to take care of this past weekend. Go ahead, and I told you you can have your pick as to which one to start with. Go ahead and fire off a state tournament, and then at the at the end of each boys and girls tournament, uh, go ahead and give us your MVP and just kind of a breakdown of everything you thought happened from the weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna start with two A and start with two A girls because that was one that I got right. So let's start on a positive note. There you go. Um, it was Howe beating Dell in the state championship, 59-55. So Jaylee Oglesby, um, she got she got her state title, 2,982 career points, third all-time is what she finished up with. She had 31 in the title game, just missed um, the, the, state ter- the girls' state tournament single game record. She scored 42, I think, through three quarters in the opening round and uh, didn't play in the fourth quarter. And uh, I, I can't remember her three-game total, but I think it was one point shy of uh, Jaden Hobbs' tournament record. But I think the most important thing to Jaylee was that she got the gold ball. Um, it was a game that really, you know, Dale controlled a lot of the game. Jaylee was in a lot of foul trouble, and I really credit her teammates for keeping um, themselves in the game when, when she had to spend a, a good portion of the first half on the bench. I mean, she she played 24 minutes. Um, but um, she had to miss uh, a lot more than she wanted in the first half uh, with three fouls. And uh, really fortunate she didn't pick up her fourth there towards the end. Um, but, uh, you know, she she didn't have a great night. She, didn't, I mean, she wasn't bad. It was 11 of 23 overall, um, 7 and 9 from the foul line. But, uh, you know, it was just a late surge um, where they, they outscored Dale 12 to 7 in the fourth quarter and, and to pull out the win. So, uh uh, you know, that was one that uh, that's going to haunt Coach uh, Eric Smith a little bit. Um, I know he, he feels they had that one won, but they just uh, just couldn't get it done down the stretch and and uh, let one slip away right there. Um, fifth title for Hal overall, and Coach Chris Brown, I think that's his third. And how fortunate, you know, this is something, I, uh, if you'll go check out uh, our, our YouTube channel, you know, all the interviews that, that you did and that I did, one of the things I asked him, you know, 
coaches are fortunate to coach those once in a generation players. And now he's coached Stephanie Howe and, uh, or Stephanie McGee and Daly Oglesby. He's coached two of them. So, you know, how, how fortunate uh, is he as a coach to, to be able to do right that right there? Well, not only that, but in, in a town like Howe, that's obviously, that's 2A, so it's not very big, but to have generational talents like that to come through such a small town you know there are we could go we could circle towns throughout the state that maybe have had that but considering the population and what you have to pick from that's what makes it pretty special honestly absolutely and then on the boys side uh obviously one that i got wrong my my pick hooker was knocked out in the quarterfinal round um i'm i'm gonna say that i did say last week that, that i really thought anybody could win it um, I, I, it was either you or Jacob that, that did mention that Rejoice was a scary team. Um, you know, that was you, um, a team, you know, really that was lucky to be there. And, and, and that's not like a knock on Rejoice, but, you know, they had to go through Regent Prep, a team that had beaten them a couple times through the season, had to beat them in overtime and then come back and beat uh, Oklahoma Union, I believe. Um, a team that had beaten them earlier in the playoffs just to get the state. And, you know, before the playoffs began, they lost their last two regular season games. So not necessarily a team that was on fire coming into the playoffs or even into the state tournament. Uh, but then you see them in person, you're like, who, who could beat these guys? Who beat them? Uh, I think they had eight losses on the season. And then you look at their schedule and you see how they lost eight games and the teams that they played. But just a, a solid team. Um, Justin C. and Jake Nitsky, the 6'6 and 6'4 post guys, just a matchup nightmare. And Hennessy, who, uh, you know, basically um, conjured up its own miracle to get through Rock Creek on Friday, just couldn't match up uh, and really fought valiantly to 10 of 3 from three point range. That helped keep him in the game. They pulled within three with 7.46 to play, but then uh, didn't score until a minute and a half remained in the game. Um, but, but rejoice, just, just a matchup nightmare. And Justin C. Um, 22 points in that one, four rebounds and Jaden Litsky, 18 points, nine rebounds. So I, I think they were combined, uh, 17 of 26 from the field. Hennessy, um, uh, coach Brady page said, you know, we, we, we threw six or seven defenses at him and, and none of them really worked to try to stop them. Yeah. And I, and I think it might've been Jacob too, who was saying the rejoice is a pretty scary team. Um, I couldn't be happier for a guy like Zach Briscoe. I've known him for quite a while. Um, was there, you know, talked to him whenever he was transitioning over from Lincoln Christian to Rejoice. I know this past weekend was going to end up being, you know, one of the more special moments in his life, obviously. And, you know, a lot of state, a lot of teams that go to state tournaments, whether it be basketball, softball, um, really kind of any three-day event that we have in the state, they always talk about the team that gets hot. Well, clearly Rejoice Christian stepped off the bus, got hot Thursday, and just carried it all the way through. You know, every time I checked the score, I think it was uh, when they were playing Dale, um, I was like, wow, Rejoice is, Rejoice is handling their business. And then I'm trying to think who they beat in the semifinals to get there. It was another – they had the 9 a.m. 9 game and saw that Minko. they – Yeah, Minko. You know, they, Minko was a team I had seen earlier this year, and they've got uh, their own big man. I mean, that, Minko was a good team, but, I mean, they just – couldn't handle the two big men right so for you um to put a cap on state tournaments in class 2a who would you name as the girls mvp of the tournament as if it's not already obvious (laughs) 
Yeah, um, I just, I don't know. I'll, I'll do pin the tail on the donkey. Close my eyes here. Number, looks like it landed on number 11, Jay Lee Oglesby. Yep, Jay Lee Oglesby will be my MVP for 2A girls. What are the odds of that? That's weird. Yep. And uh, for, for the boys, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anybody else who picked this. Justin C., I mean, he, you know, he had a great tournament. Um, and, I, you know, I was talking to, to Brady Page, and, and he had watched some film on him from earlier in the year, and he hadn't. Justin hadn't played in some games, so he didn't. He was asking another coach, you know, do you think five is their best player? I'm like, well, I think it's 55. 55? I didn't see him on the film that I watched. So he had to scramble for some more film uh, to find him. So, uh, yeah, Justin C., but, I mean, uh, you know, again, he the, just the combination of he and Jaden Liskey was uh, um, just just lethal. One of my favorite things is during that 9 a.m. game on Friday, I was texting back and forth with Sean Heiner, the uh, Wasser reporter, and he sent me a picture of the scoreboard, the scoreboard up ahead or overhead, and I saw 53, 54, 55, and I was like, you know, with a team rolling out 53, 54, 55, that's just a big-time power move to throw out three, yeah. and, you know, what normally equates to double XL jerseys out there on the out there on the floor and just look look like they're just hanging off the shoulders of the guys out there. Of course, number 54 is Andrew Crow, who was right. a well-known football player, so, you know, um, a physical press. He's, he doesn't have the size of the other two, but certainly a, a, an athletic physical player himself. And I was talking, um, you know, a piece that I'm working on for the Tulsa world right now for ORU, um, talking to Mikey Mahalik, um, who's a volunteer coach at rejoice this year and, um, could not be happier for him. You know, he got to, I'm sure having a guy like that, a former ORU Texas tech stand out to have him in the gym and coach up the big guys. That's, I was gonna say, is he the giant who was on the bench? That would be him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mikey Mahal, the former ORU standout. This was their um, first state tournament. Yep. Obviously. Yep. Um, you know, and that's another thing that you know I asked Coach Briscoe. You know, some teams they have to build to this. You know, they get to state and they have to you know take a couple of heartbreaking losses and, and build off that. Well, they get to state and they go win state. And and, and another thing, I haven't seen a private school crowd that big and that supportive since probably the Blake Griffin days for OCS. Um, the rejoice crowd was, I mean, really, really solid. You just, I mean, it's just naturally, it's just a smaller fan base for, for the private schools. Right. Um, they don't really have that community base, but, uh, that's, that wasn't the case for rejoice. They had, they had a tremendous crowd there. Yeah. And rejoice is about two or three miles down the road for me. So, and I, I can kind of speak to this, that, you know, even though it's in Owasso, there's no, they're so small that there's not really a rivalry with Owasso. So, you know, in Owasso, the last couple of years has had its own success in the basketball in the basketball world. So, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if those were a bunch of Owasso fans that showed up in Oklahoma City to root on Rejoice. Um, kind of the same way, you know, we have a Collinsville address and Collinsville High School is right down the road here from where we're at. So, I think Rejoice is really one of those unique schools that can kind of pull fans from the towns that it. You know, it's in Owasso, but it's pretty much, you know, a mile or two from Collinsville. I think they can pull fans from there, and that's probably why they ended up having such a big following, and that was probably maybe a key along the way somewhere. Yeah, they showed up. And also, could not be happier, you mentioned him earlier, but Andrew Crow, um, late in the football season in the playoffs, got in a horrific car accident. Um, stunningly, he actually played in the playoffs after getting in the wreck. I think he was kind of touch and go. After seeing some photos, it was kind of crazy that he would even play at all. You know, they end up losing, but couldn't be happier for him to get a state championship. And 
Um, think he's going to end up playing. He's going to go on and play football. You know, I've talked to Brent Marley, his coach, a couple times, and I think he's still kind of up in the air as to where he's going to go. Um, he was, was kind of hoping that maybe a big school might come in late with some sort of offer, but I think he was either going to walk on or just kind of bite the bullet and go play some D2 somewhere. And um, I would imagine wherever he ends up, he's going to be wildly successful. Uh, no doubt right there. All right. Well, I will take the reins. Um, I think we're going to, we were, my plan was to alternate, have us alternate. So I'm going to break down one of the classes here in Tulsa. Might as well start with class 5A. Um, I'm going to pull up my bracket here. Uh, start with 5A girls. I think probably one of the plays of the weekend was the end of the El Reno Eisenhower game. Uh, Mercedes, Merce- Mercedes Macias. Um, El Reno's down two. Or no, yeah, I'm sorry. They were down two with about, I think it was 2.3 seconds left. Um, inbound the ball. Their best player, Ashlyn Evans Thompson, had fouled out. Um, so they throw the ball deep to Mercedes. Thinks she catches it about three quarters. She catches it around the three point arc on the opposite end. A couple dribbles has managed to get to the three point line and gets the ball off. And there's one of the guys that works at ORU um, posted a replay. And if you look carefully, the ball is just barely off her hand whenever the light in the backboard goes off. Ball goes in. El Reno celebrates a 40 39 win over Eisenhower. <clears throat> just one of those classic state tournament moments. I, El Reno goes on to the championship game, but I think they kind of expended all that energy beating Eisenhower just to get to the championship game. Um, this was actually El Reno's first. The win over Coweta on Thursday was actually their first state tournament win ever. So they managed to make it all the way to the title game. But then the Piedmont girls end up winning the title thanks to Delaney and Reagan Crawford leading the way. Macy Atalo is pretty good too. Um, Piedmont wins 56-41. Um, as far as the game goes, Piedmont pretty much controlled the entire way. I don't, I don't ever recall a moment. There might have been a moment in the second half where El Reno maybe cut the lead to seven or eight. But after a while, uh, Delaney Crawford took over for Piedmont, especially after the Friday she had. I think she scored one, either zero or one point uh, in their semifinal win to get there against Pryor. I would, for some reason, I just cannot remember that game in my mind, even though I was covering it for the Oklahoman. But um, Delaney, I'm, I, I what read I that story. What, what I do? Do what? I said I definitely want to read that story. Now. Yeah, I know. I I, <laughs> I had three games for the Oklahoman that day, and I had Booker. I had Memorial's last second win over El Reno, and then I had El Reno's last second win over Eisenhower. So the the Piedmont prior game just kind of got lost in the shuffle along the way because I had two outstanding finishes to to write on that day um as far as my mvp for the 5a tournament um i would i would have to go delaney crawford she was just so good in the championship game kind of threw the team on her back i thought macy atala played really well in the second half between the two of them arena really didn't stand much of a chance uh ashlyn evan thompson had 12 and kira davis had 12 in the title game but there's too much piedmont um in the championship championship game on the boys side uh, Memorial in Dell City put on quite a show. Um, I think anytime Memorial steps on the floor, you're going to see a show. That's just kind of what the Boone Twins do. Uh, Friday night was really special. Uh, El Reno, I want to say they jumped out to an 18 to three lead or 21 to three. I mean, it's basically the definition of a team that would not miss. Um, just out there knocking down shots left and right. Um, 
but at the same time, you never really felt like Memorial was truly out of the game till late. Uh, Kale Simons, El Reno crew, uh, they were up one, I believe. Go down my bracket. This is great radio, by the way. Um, yeah, they were down one. Will Hill, point guard, brings the ball down the floor. I think they inbounded with 11 seconds left. He gets in the paint, uh, hands it off to Caleb Boone, who drops it in. I think there might have been two, three seconds left. El Reno's never able, never able to get anything worth substance off at the buzzer to win. Memorial celebrates the semifinal win. And, you know, that moment outside their locker room, I'd never really seen Memorial coach Bobby Allison the way he was. Um, a lot of hugs, a lot of tears. Just he didn't really have the words to put. He didn't have the words to put together about what it meant to him because he knew that he needed one more win to be able to coach the Boone Twins one more time. And I think anytime you see the Boone Twins, you see you kind of see what he's talking about because they are so special. Staying in six seven six eight, then going to OSU next year. Um, Keelan Boone has really turned himself into a really good outside shooter. Caleb Boone, I think once he bulks up, is going to be a really good player in the post. Um, good shot blocker. Both of the both of them possess arms that are just they never end. Um, uh, you can like like Swisher said, you can go to our Squirtle YouTube channel. Wit had the post game interview with Caleb talking about the title. I talked to Will Brunson. You know, anytime I see a player holding a trophy, I like to talk to him, get his thoughts on it. You know, Will played sparingly, but when you're at Memorial, to be able to make the team period, that's pretty special. Um, the Boone Twins really owned uh, the finals. Uh, Del City hung around tough for a while. In the end, Memorial was just too much, I think. It was just kind of destiny that they were going to end, end their careers with wins. Um, the Boone Twins finished with three-peat, four-state Four state finals in their career, uh, one runner-up finish as freshman. Pretty special, honestly. As far as an MVP, I would probably lean towards Cale Boone. Um, wasn't overly special early on against Del City in the finals, but he really came on, had 21 points, 17 rebounds. Just the fact that he had the game winner Friday, had such a great game in the second half on Saturday. Uh, Got to go with him. Uh, go check out his interview with Wit afterwards, and uh, we will throw it back to you for three A or four A, whichever one you decide. I'm going to go to three A, uh, and I'll start with the three A girls. And uh, this was a this was a really fun tournament here, and uh, we, we discussed it last week that there were some some fun potential matchups. Um, I don't know that any of us picked Adair to win it all, but it was Adair to come out of the bottom half of the bracket and knock off Christian Heritage. Christian Heritage, 47 to 35. Um, of course, um, the semifinal game was, was the game that, that everybody was eagerly awaiting. That was Christian Heritage, who had won the last two two-way state championships, so they were moving up to 3A this year, going up against Sequoia Tahlequah, which had won the last two 3A state titles. And uh, Christian Heritage just really with a gutsy performance, um, got down big early but fought its way back. And it was just a fun, fun game to watch there in the semifinals and I said I mean I picked Sequoia Tahlequah last week but I said you know if uh if if the team whoever wins that game if they've got anything left in the tank I think they'll win it and I you know at halftime I looked pretty smart in the in the championship game as Christian Heritage outscored Adair 18 to 4 in the second quarter and, and looked to be in command but Adair came out and outscored him 16 to 5 in the third and then 19 to 9 in the fourth and I, I think Christian Heritage had just um, they shot poorly but, you know, just not having the depth that they've had the last two years. Um, I think Jacob mentioned that last week. Um, 
it just it caught up with them. And they shot 27% for the game, uh, 21% from three-point range. That's five of 24. And so they just they just couldn't keep up with, with Adair. And, and, you know, this is an Adair team that I, you know, they had lost 10 games. Scott Winfield had, has never lost 10 games, I don't think, maybe once in his career there. And um, and so, you know, they, they played a tough schedule. They lost some, some games early. And... Um, they were just ready come playoff time. This is a young, this is a team that's going to bring pretty much everybody back. Um, so he probably felt they were about a year away and thought this was going to be a good experience for him. Um, but, uh, you know, who needs to wait a year? Just like, uh, you know, rejoice Christian, um, hey, they're just, you know, the right, the hot team at the right time. And, uh, uh Autumn Hines, the, the junior 14 points, six rebounds, five steals in the game. I would call her my MVP, um, and just from watching against Millwood in the semifinals, um, how much pressure uh, you know she had to handle the ball, uh, a lot of the uh, ball handling duties, and uh, you know Millwood really tried to pressure her a lot full court some, and, and she just broke that pressure down um, herself, and um, and got it done. So um, she led the team again in, in the state finals with 14 points. So she would be my MVP. Um, just a, a, a co-MVP and not because, uh, uh, you know, just anything just outrageously spectacular, although she was three for six from three-point range. Um, Sophie Bagby, the guard who tore ACL in August, and uh, she returned, as, you know, she was going to be a starter, uh, returned and played the last five games for Adair. Um, she obviously wasn't herself. She had on, a, you know, the big bulky knee brace. Not 100%, but, uh, you know, she gutted it out and she played and, and she made an impact. She didn't start, but she came in nine points and uh, four rebounds uh, off the bench in 26 minutes. So just a, a gutsy performance by her as Adair um, denied uh, Christian Heritage of a third straight state championship who had denied Sequoia Tahlequah of its own third in a row. And then on the boys' side, um, you know, what can you say? Kingston all the way. Um, I think I did pick Kingston, so uh, I'm pretty fortunate there. Uh, I had seen them at the Tournament of Champions and was just really impressed. And I thought if any team that could match up with them athletically and the length that it was Millwood, um, it just it wasn't Millwood's night. And part of that was because I think Kingston overall was the better team. Um, but it was just also it was just a bad night for Millwood. And, and just that, you know, combination resulted in a 60 to 30 Kingston win. Millwood was never in it. Kingston just jumped out early. 19 to 7 after a quarter, uh, 29 29-15 at halftime, and then didn't go on a 16 to 5 run in the third quarter. So they just put it away. Uh, Millwood 26% shooting for the game, uh, just never didn't have any player in double figures. Uh, whereas Jacob Germany did his thing: 21 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, Connor Brister 12 points, four rebounds. R.J. Weeks, he didn't have his best offensive game, but uh, you know. Just his, uh, you got to pay attention to him, and I'll give him credit. You know, I've watched uh, some of their live streams uh, throughout the weekend, and um, RJ can throw him down. And uh, he he tried to get one going down the lane against Millwood, didn't quite get it, got fouled. But uh, uh, that's somebody who was very explosive. But my MVP in that one, obviously, would be Jacob Germany. Just his presence alone means so much. And uh, Millwood, you know, really tried to bully him and be real physical with him. Um, but uh, you know. And, and in the interview, if you'll um, 
see me trying to hold the microphone all the way up to Jacob Germany's uh, <laughs> yeah. mouth. Uh, he'll tell you he tested positive uh, for flu, I think, earlier in the week, which made me want to kind of back away. Back away from him. Uh, you know, thankfully, I think that was my last, second to last interview of, of the the evening. Um, but uh, you know, twenty one points, twelve rebounds in the state title game. Um, just a tremendous year. Their only two losses all year were to Kingfisher, who turns out they were all right, and Putnam City West. Um, and they they bulked up their schedule uh, after losing last year to Star Spencer in the finals in overtime and booked up their schedule this year and it paid off and they were ready for, for everything that Millwood had. Circling back to the three, a girls. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool and I tweeted it out right after it happened was, um, I've, I've known Mark Lippy pretty well for a couple of years and I kept texting him, asking him when, when he was leaving to go to Sioux Falls to go watch his daughter who plays at ORU in the summit league tournament. Well, Adair kept winning so he ended up being there at the title game, put some medals around his players' necks since he's now the superintendent at Adair, and hightailed it from Oklahoma City to Sioux Falls to watch the ORU women, which I, I thought was a pretty pretty cool story within itself that gets to, you know, Adair is obviously special to him. Um, then he gets to go watch his daughter, so I can't imagine how enjoyable the weekend was. Yeah, it'd be a heck of a weekend. Yeah. Um, ORU women ended up, did they did end up losing Monday to South Dakota State, but um, all in all, I would assume that was just a really great time for the Lippy family. Um, now moving back to 6A, I have my bracket ready to go, so I'm at least prepared here this time. Um, pretty cool story in the fact that Norman and Norman North uh, weave their way to meet in the finals. First time that ever happened, and um, I know Clay Horning at the Norman transcript had posed a question wondering if Norman and Norman North had ever matched up in a state final of any kind uh, where it's team related, not where it's maybe uh, not tennis or wrestling or something like that, where it's kind of individuals out there, but more as a team like football, basketball, anything, soccer, something like that. So of course um, I texted Chris Wolfong who knows pretty much everything there is to know about anything. I uh, said it had never happened. And honestly going into the game, I, I would have thought Norman North would win, and I was wrong. Norman won 44-31. to 31. Um, Of course, this matchup was all – it was made possible by the fact that Mustang probably pulled the biggest upset of the weekend. Um, I don't know if maybe you disagree, but I would say the Mustang girls knocking off PC West, who is nationally ranked, um, I, to me that was a stunner. Uh, kind of threw the tournament on its head. Um, I thought Edmund Santa Fe was pretty good. Just couldn't make shots towards the end to beat Norman. Um, I think Mustang just ran out of gas against Norman North, and I kind of that's why I thought Norman North might actually win the game. But um, in the title game, uh, Kendra Gillespie finished with 16 points, 15 rebounds for Norman. Uh, played 29 of the 32 minutes. Didn't shoot particularly well from the field, but finished six of nine from the foul line. So. She was the only one to score in double figures. Um, not an often, not a huge offensive game for either team, but um, one player I came away impressed with was freshman Michaela Parks. Uh, interviewed her after Norman's 9 a.m. game on Friday when they beat Edmond Santa Fe. But as far as going with a tournament MVP, I would probably go Kendra Gillespie. Uh, pretty good inside presence for the Tigers, and um, I would I would think that's pretty cool for them to be able to say that they won a state title against their you know crosstown rival. Now, as far as 6A boys go, um, obviously 
it's the game that kind of ends the tournament in Tulsa. It's always the Saturday Saturday evening game. Um, I was fortunate enough to be out in Catoosa to watch all four games on Thursday. Uh, didn't really have any games that came down to the wire. Um, as far as a, the most memorable game for me of the tournament was is Sepulpa Edmund Memorial because I'm pretty sure all of Sepulpa showed all of Sepulpa showed up. Edmund Memorial had a great following. Um, the kayak, as you're now calling it. The Katusa Activity Center. Great name, great name. Yeah, big big shout out to you there. Um, I'd never seen it that packed before. Uh, I was there last year for the 6A boys. Didn't have any crowds like that. Um, by the time that the Midwest City Putnam North fans were starting to trickle in, uh, standing room only, um, just a great environment. Um, about midway through the Midwest City PC North game at the very end, I finally lost the ringing in my ears that I had had all night. But... I wasn't complaining because it was a pretty special environment, one that I'll always remember, at least for several years down the road. Sepulpa so is really good, but Edmund Memorial is ranked number one, advanced to the semifinals. But then their run entered against PC North, who to me was not – I mean, they're a good team, but let's face facts. Micah Thomas was the best player in this tournament uh, from start to finish. Put on an absolute show every single night. Um he threw. He just threw the Panthers on his back. Um, gave the defending state champs a chance to win the title, but in the end, it was Booker T. I think you know just the firepower that Booker T possesses was too much in the end. Uh, Trey Phipps, who honestly, the first six quarters he played in the state tournament were not good. Um, too many turnovers, just couldn't really get anything going. But the second half and Booker T's win against, gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head, Southmore. That's right, because that was another epic game. Um, you know, Booker T against Southmore, Phipps kind of came alive in the second half, and then he just kept it kept it rolling into the uh, championship game, finished with 42 points, 10 of 15 from the field, 8 of 10 from deep, or 8 of 12 from beyond the three-point line, 14 of 15 from the foul line. Um, Bryce Thompson didn't have... The best championship game was 5 of 14 from the field, finished with 12 points, but did have 8 assists. Seth Hurd was good with 22 points all inside. Um, but honestly, and I know, I think you and I have kind of talked briefly about this. If I, Honestly, if I had to pick an MVP of this tournament, I would go Micah Thomas of PC North. I know it's kind of taboo to go to not pick the MVP from the winning team, but I don't think without Micah Thomas, PC North isn't making it out of Catoosa. They're definitely not going to beat Emma Memorial. And, you know, if it weren't for him, he still had an amazing game in the finals, just didn't have quite enough to get over the hump. He had 29 points against Booker T. Um, just a special weekend from a senior who I believe now is a free, kind of a college free agent because he was going to go to Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. Um, their coach is he's either relieved of his duties or he quit or stepped down, something like that. But with him being gone, I would assume Micah Thomas is kind of a free agent now, so it'll be interesting to see if any teams around here took notice of what he did over the weekend. I sure would hope that some did, whether it be ORU, TU, um, any surrounding teams, maybe even like a Wichita State uh, could go somewhere like that and have a huge impact. So for me, my MVP is Micah Thomas. PC North didn't win the title, but he was by far the best player in that tournament. Uh, what about 4A for you over in Oklahoma City? Yeah, I'll start with the 4A girls, and this was a, another fun. Um, I think this bracket lived up to to the hype, the billing. <clears throat> um, 
But uh, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that uh, I didn't give Anadarko enough credit um, going into the tournament. I was the only one of uh, the three of us uh, on Squirtle who picked last week. I believe Ben and Witt both picked uh, Anadarko. Uh, sorry about that, Jeff Zinn. Um, but, uh, man, they – I'm telling you, you watch them walk onto the court. They had no business being on the same court with Victory Christian, who looks like a, a really good um, small college team at worst. Um, I mean, Victory Christian is just loaded with athletes. And then same goes um, for Muldrow, one loss Muldrow in the state championship game. Um, you know, Taylor Collins, who towered over anybody that Anadarko had, but they're just, you know, they they just seemed more athletic. They had more size, but that they didn't have was uh, just the, the grit, the determination, um, the sheer will. And I know it all sounds like coach speak or hyperbole, but it's just, I don't know any other way to describe Anadarko. And that's not to say that they're not talented because they are. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's just relentless is, I think, the best way to describe Anadarko and uh, they just wore down Muldrow. They forced 21 turnovers in the first half, 34 for the game. Um, and, you know, Taylor Collins had 24 points, nine rebounds. She just missed a triple-double because she had 10 turnovers. I mean, that's, uh, you know, they, they they didn't shy away from her. Um, what, you know, Coach, Coach Zinn's daughters, Avery Zinn, um, the junior, the smaller one, she's just, um, you know, they tried to trap her, and she would just, she'd, you know, beat single-handedly almost beat the press um, you know, with her dribble, they, they couldn't trap her. And then Laney's in and Libby's in, um, both. They just, they did so many different things. Um, whether it was tying it up or, you know, just stripping the ball or, or just getting a, a big bucket here and there. And then Kaylee Borden and Lexi Foreman were the ones who, you know, got some of the, the bigger baskets, but, um, you know, this is just a, a tournament that, you know, I thought whoever came out of the top half of that bracket was going to win, and um, I thought it would be Muldrow. I thought it was because of the guards that were going to be able to handle um, uh, who was it, Klassen SAS. Well, it turned out they didn't have to do that because Elgin took care of Klassen in the first round, uh, which was another fantastic game. But uh, Muldrow, a fantastic team, but um, just I, I really I give it up to to um, Anadarko who just. Uh, I don't know. They just they just wouldn't be beaten. And this is another team that that's got a lot of really good players coming back. Um, you know, Kimberly Stevens, um, she was a senior starter, but everybody else, uh, well, I guess Jessica Cutone, um, uh, she will uh, she was a senior as well. But uh, all three Zins are coming back. Uh, Borden's coming back. Foreman's coming back. So um, this is uh, very much a, a team that that could repeat. Um, well, you know, I don't even know who to go. I'm going to go with, uh, Foreman as the MVP. Um, I didn't get to see, uh, you know, she did hit, she did hit some big shots, uh, in the semifinal win, uh, but then, you know, 12 points in the championship game, but to go along with that three rebounds, five assists and five steals. And she led the team in steals. Um, but, uh, you know, she, but but you look at the Zins, it's almost unfair if you got three coaches' daughters on, uh, on one team. But, uh, but but they were they were really really good, and and really you could go several different directions for the MVP and four A girls. And and Anadarko won despite uh, Muldrow shooting fifty nine percent for the game, um, and Anadarko shot thirty five percent. 
uh, Muldrow 30 rebounds, Anadarko 17. So, but those you know, turnovers, those turnovers, are exactly right. It was 29, 29 attempts is all Muldrow got off because of those um, 34 turnovers. Whereas Anadarko shot 48 times. So, you know, uh, you'll take your chances on that. And then uh, the, the marquee matchup that that everybody was awaiting. Yep. Um, and you know, if David Jackson would have been at the big house, he would have been all smiles because it was. It was filling up. It was it was pretty full. It was the middle. It was that seven thirty game on Saturday night, and uh, the fans they showed up for it. And uh, if they were they were wanting a, a a classic showdown like the year before, they were let down. And that's because uh, Kingfisher's defense uh, was pretty much just not going to have it. As uh, the the defense was the the name of this game, as Kingfisher just shut down. Heritage Hall altogether. Um, Trey Alexander, he didn't have the heroics that he did the year before, and Kingfisher wins 59 to 39, in a game that that they started out. I don't think Heritage Hall scored um, the first five and a half minutes of the game. Uh, then they didn't score for the first four minutes of the third quarter. Kingfisher led 24 to 11 and a half, and I think Kingfisher allowed 11, 11, and 12 points in the first half in its three. Um, games over the weekend the 108 points it allowed is the the lowest ever by a team that's made a three-game run uh from 2a through 6a ever um that was from chris will fong uh and, you know it basically it beat the record that they set two years ago when kingfisher won it so um obviously some really good defensive performances um trey alexander averaged 28 points uh, or 24 almost 25 points a game this year he had 12 on three of 14 shooting, he missed all six of his three-point attempts. He's the one who went off last year, had 24 in the second half and 27 for the game. Um, but uh, he had one field goal after the first quarter against Kingfisher. As they, they really um, shut him down. Um, Jet Sternberger, uh, 19 points, eight rebounds. What really has impressed me about Jet, I mean, he gets a lot of pub for his shooting and his scoring. He's got over 2,000 career points. Um, but... He's really improved athletically this year. He's become a much better defender and a much better rebounder. Um, and, and honestly, I've seen the improvement as, as the year has, has gone on. Uh, um, he, he became such a better rebounder as the, as the year went on. Bijan Cortez, um, you know, he wasn't feeling all that well this week, but still he, he came through with uh, 11 points, um, four rebounds. Trey Green, 10.6 rebounds. Um Matthew Stone, the guy who does a little bit of everything, eight points and uh, three steals, five rebounds um, for them. Reese Lafferty, seven big points. Uh, he had um, a, a real big putback while being fouled. Heritage Hall did cut it to nine points in the fourth quarter, but uh, uh, the Jackets, they got back-to-back three-pointers from um, Jet Sternberger and Matthew Stone. And a little bit later, um, Reese Lafferty had a, a putback and uh, was fouled and, and completed a three-point play to really put the game away, although it had already been decided. Um, but, you know, m- my MVP on the side, uh, you could go with any number of people. I'm, I'm going to do the wild card here. I'm going to say Reese Lafferty. Um, he's, of the five starters for Kingfisher, he's the one that's not going to go play college ball. Um, he's the fifth option offensively, but he always gets the uh, – he always, and it's, it's a little odd because Kingfisher switches so much on defense that everybody guards everybody for him. 
But starting the game, he always gets, you know, all right, you're, you got this guy. He's their stud. You're going to go out and shut him down. And um, Kingfisher had the best three-game run of any team defensively 2A through 6A has ever seen. And I think it all started with Reese Lafferty, and he's kind of just got a little swagger about him. I loved his comment after the game. Um, you know, when I asked him about, you know, shutting down Trey Alexander, and he says, I go out there with a the mentality of he's equal to or lesser than me. I don't think of him as a big D1 prospect. I just think of him as somebody I have to go guard. And uh, the whole team, they, you know, they didn't do anything special defensively this, this year. They just said, uh, Coach Reese said, you know, We've been so good the last month defensively. We're just going to go out and guard them like we'd guard everybody else. We think we're better than them, and it turned out that we were. So, um, just a, it was a, you know, it was an impressive run by Kingfisher through the tournament. Yeah, for sure. It was. I know everyone had eyes on if Kingfisher and Heritage Hall could both navigate the field to end up in the finals. I don't think either one were ever really in danger of of not making the finals. Um, you know, Heritage Hall blew out Bro- Broken Bow and John Marshall to get there, and then Kingfisher did the same with Elgin and Holland Hall. So it was just kind of everyone anticipating that matchup, and I'm glad that I don't know if it nec- I don't know if for you if it lived up to the billing, but the fact that you know Kingfisher got to put on its def- its defense on full display, I thought that was pretty yep. special. I know, you know, and I th- I think a lot of fans, you know, you see that score and you go, oh, I bet it was a boring game, but. And and I granted a lot of these people were coaches, but I got so many text messages from coaches who hadn't seen Kingfisher play, who were just blown away about how good they were defensively. So right, the, you know, yeah, the game didn't live up to it, and you know there were there weren't just a ton of offensive highlights, but just seeing def- Kingfisher get after it the way they did defensively. I mean, and it to me it appeared. I mean, they kicked it up a notch for that game. I mean, they were they were obviously extra motivated after what had happened a year ago, uh, and so it was just it was just uh, really impressive to see how the how they kicked it up a gear and really just shut them down at all five spots. And unfortunately, that brings basketball to a close. Um, you know, we'll have a little bit more basketball talk. Um, they'll they'll announce the all state teams here before too long, and we can kind of talk about who maybe our favorite players were on the team or a guy that we're really going to miss and this, that, or the other. But, you know, got to put basketball to bed for another year. Um, seems to come seems to come around quicker and quicker every year. So um, I'm sure November will be right around the corner and, well, teams will start practicing in October and they'll do all their stuff in the off season. And basketball is kind of like football. It kind of never goes away. So even the guys that play both never really, never really get any downtime. So... That's all we have up ahead of us. Um, going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, wanted to mention, uh, recording this on Tuesday, uh, a little bit ago, the Oklahoma Coaches Association put out their Hall of Fame class of 2019. Uh, the nominees include Randy Belichick for Purcell, Bill Carter of Marlowe, uh, Victory Christian's Jim Cherry, uh, prior softball coach Mark Dickus, Wayne Dozier of Carl Albert, Kevin Foster from Blanchard, Fredericks Ed Jones, uh, Jinx's Martha O'Rourke, Anadarko's Doug Shumpert, and Davis former Davis football coach Jody Weber. Um, I know I text Dickus whenever I saw he was an honoree. Told him congratulations. Asked him if I had to call him Mr. Hall of Famer from now on. He goes, "No, I'll still answer to I'll still answer to Mark or softball coach or whatever you want to call me." And uh, same same goes for Jody Weber. Um, stepped down as Davis's football coach. 
I think this was it. the 2018 was his first where Davis wasn't coached by Weber in a long time. Um, did amazing things when he was the coach there. Um, you have any memories of any of these guys or anyone you want to give a shout yep. out to? Well, obviously, you know, Jody Weber and, uh, you know, the impact that the, the Weber family has had um, in southern Oklahoma football, um, whether it be Joe, Jody, or Matt, um, they've all had successful stints uh, at places they've been. Um, and, and Jody, you know, it just seemed like there for a while that, um, you know, Davis w- was in that 2A title game, um, you know, several years in a row. Um, goes without saying, um, Wayne Dozier, I've got to watch some of those you know, massively powerful Carl Albert teams. Um, they were just awesome to watch. Uh, whether you know, just having some stud on the mound or or, or some somebody at the plate, uh, just watching them win five A titles and knowing you know how disciplined and talented they were. Um, but probably the one that stands out the most to me is Doug Shumpert. Um, had some success at Carnegie, um, and then you know, obviously now at Anadarko, and just. Uh, um, the respect that he garners, uh, just his tough as nails approach. And, and honestly, if you ever talk to him, it sounds like he's chewed on nails before he's talked to you. He's just got one of those voices. Um, just, but just a hard nosed coach. His teams play so hard. They get after you defensively, um, um, year in and year out. That's, that's one, one thing that you know his teams are going to do. They're going to play you tough defensively and that you'll know you'll, you will have been in a battle when you get done with him. And, um, so it's good to see him be honored. I know that you know he's got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of his peers really respect him uh, and the way that he does things uh, down there. So uh, it's good to see Doug Shumper getting recognized. Um, also, Oklahoma Coaches Association put out the All-State Wrestling Team. Just going to hit some of the highlights: uh, Broken Arrows, Reese Whitcraft on the Large East team, along with Talon Bohr of Kawita, is a three-time state champion. Uh, Large West is highlighted by Josh Heinzelman of Piedmont and Choctaw Zane Coleman. Uh, Small East, uh, maybe one of my personal favorites, is Thaddeus Long from McLean, getting him a title for the first time in forever. And then Vianne's River Simon uh, and Blackwell's Drake Barbie. Uh, great stories. Got a chance to talk to both of those guys, you know, whether it be before or after state tournament. And uh, Small West, Val Park, three-time state champion from Heritage Halls on the Small West. Uh, along with Carson Berryhill from Tuttle. Uh, got all the rosters up on squirtle.com. Go check it out. Um, and they'll, <clears throat> they'll wrestle in July at Sand Springs, you know, during during All-State Week here in the Tulsa area. Um, and before too long, we can start talking about the OCA basketball teams, kind of like I said a little bit ago. Um, but as far as, you know, last week when we had Jacob on, we went kind of long. We didn't, give a, didn't get a chance to hit our new segment of MVP of the Week, so... Right now, we're going to do our. You and I are going to name our MVPs of the past two week and past two weeks, and I'll let you go ahead and fire off with yours. Um, and we don't discuss this ahead of time with each other, so if uh, I steal yours, I'm sorry. I don't think I am, but um, I think you probably know who mine will be, and that uh, it's the ceiling girls basketball team. Okay. And um, I think this is the second time my MVP has been a team, um, but. You know, just for the sake of them doing something that nobody else has done before um, and did it in such impressive fashion two weeks ago when they, they won the Class A state title for the fourth year in a row. Um, they weren't challenged throughout the three days. Just really impressive. Um, but it was a, 
I've got it. I've got the tweet. Um, it's it's there somewhere. Um, but when the Gore twins were before they were freshmen, between their eighth grade and their freshman year, they were playing a team camp in Kingfisher, and I went up and watched a little bit. And I tweeted it out. I said, I've seen enough class or ceiling is your whatever it is, 2015 or 2016 class A state champ. Uh, they've got this, 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 and this. And, you know, I, that's all I needed to see out of those girls. And that's before they were had ever even played a high school game. And um, so they, they've had a lot of pressure and expectations throughout their career. And they've lived up to them and beyond. And so... Um, for them to go out the way they did and to to make history the way they did, um, I just that's good enough for me to be my MVP. Whenever you said, "I hope I'm not stealing yours," I was thinking, "Man, I, it would be really hard for him to steal mine because I'm gonna kind of I'm gonna zig while while everyone else's zags. Um, it's not even going to be a high school athlete or a team of any kind. Um, my MVP." Uh, more so, I'm going to give it, first of all, to my wife and my son because high school basketball, the state tournament, you, you're away from your house for a while. So more than that, my MVPs of the week are really just the spouses and the family members of all of us media members that have to spend so much time away from home. Um, you know, I know your wife is probably glad to have you home Sunday. Um, same goes for, you know, especially Jacob Unruh, who's here in Tulsa. You know, he's he has to stay in a hotel for three or four days straight. I uh, would probably much rather be home with his wife. You know, same goes for, you know, Barry Lewis. And, you know, he, he can see his wife at the end of the night, but he's at the maybe center the entire time. Um, you know, that Sunday after the state tournament was just kind of a nice chance to wind down um, and not really do anything. So I'm going to give the MVP to all the family members of media members who finally get to see their spouses or loved ones on Saturday, late Saturday night or Sunday whenever it's all over, all over said and done with. What do you think? Man, I hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because I'm in so much crap if she does. Why didn't you say that? Yeah, well. Yeah, my wife is so happy to have me home Saturday that or Sunday that she... Did you um, make, you, make you do chores or something? Not, not long after I got home, she she left for Oklahoma City. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you. I'm going to go where you were just now. What's that? She said, that, yeah, good to see you. I'm going to head... what it was. Now, in her defense, she... I mean, our... She had to go pick up our daughter from from her dad's house. So, right. Um, and uh, it was I couldn't I, I left too early to be able to do it, but um, she did. It was a couple of hours later after I got home that she left. So there you go. Well, um, bring the show to a close for another week. Uh, like I said, we will be here all spring. Um, I'm going to put you in charge of slow pitch softball. So I'm going to need a weekly report on. Uh, who the studs are, you know, who and who won the 23 to 21 game, you know, out in Beaver County, way out in the Panhandle. I'm sure those are going on right now. Um, so, surprise, you're the slow pitch softball expertise for the spring. Um, one of the more schools is good, and <laughs> Binger is probably good. I think Dale's probably good too. What do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah, Dale. No, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, the team that hits 88 home runs a year. Right. Well, the 88 home runs in like a weekend. Uh, true. Yeah. Well, uh, bring the show to a close for another week. Um, can't thank everyone enough for tuning in these past couple weeks during the state tournament. Um, thanks for putting up with us and listening, listening to all of our basketball takes and all of our predictions sure to go wrong. Um, make sure to tune in next week. We'll bring, start 
breaking down some baseball and all the spring sports. And um, thanks for joining us, and we will talk again next week. Thanks.